Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Yes, indeed. Team Hogsett believes they can win the mayoral election by telling you it's all about abortion. As you know, the city of Indianapolis decides abortion policy for the state of Indiana and for the entirety of the country. Everybody knows this. Oh, they know it down in Bloomington. They know it up in Fort Wayne. They know it in Evansville. Indianapolis, they decide abortion policy for the country, nay, the globe. And when the mayor, Joe Hogsett, who after eight years in office has left the capital city of Indiana in far worse condition than when he got it, tells you that, you know, abortion is the key subject for this election and unpopular abortion restrictions will make Indiana's health trends even worse. Well, then, my gosh, that's exactly the reason to vote for the Democrat for a third term in office. Don't worry about the murder rate, well over 200 for years now. Don't worry about the potholes. Don't worry about the drug use. Don't worry about the panhandling. Don't worry about the lack of business. Don't worry about the lack of vision. And don't worry about the city offering up $650 million in bonds to build a hotel they don't know how to build when Kite, the original builder, said we don't have the money. Nah. Abortion. That's the subject you should be focused on, voters, in Marion County. That's the subject you should be paying attention to, because after all, Indianapolis has such a big, big say in abortion policy. What's it like to be that embarrassing? To be the Indiana Democratic Party and say, this is how we're going to win. We're going to look at the voters and say, your concerns don't matter. Here, we'll mention this abortion thing because you've been taught to believe it as your religion. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Um, I, I read this op-ed from Joe Ogset. It's an actual op-ed from the mayor of Indianapolis. Now, for those of you who live in Indy and those of you who don't live in Indy, it, it's, it's strange seeing an op-ed from the mayor considering it's very hard to find the mayor when you need him. Mayor Joe Hogsett. Like, for example, where was Mayor Joe Hogsett when Indianapolis had two nights of riots where banks were set on fire, dumpsters were set on fire, the city was set on fire, buildings were destroyed, and two people were murdered? You would think the Indianapolis Star, pretending to be journalists, would ask this question, hey, as long as you're sending us this op-ed, could you answer this question? The same people who could uncover the horror show that was Larry Nasser, this former doctor, this abuser of women and young girls, they could do that, but they can't ask Joe Hogsett, where were you for two nights of riots? It doesn't matter. Don't bring that up. Don't bring up the murders under his watch. He's he's in favor of more abortions. Let's make sure that gets out right away. Don't even proofread it. Just get it right out there. 
abortion is going to drive the mayoral election in Indianapolis? This is uh, the Hogsett campaign telling you two things. Number one, they have nothing they can run on. They have zero vision. They don't have a vision for the capital city. And this should be bothersome to everybody in Bloomington and in Fort Wayne because so goes the capital city, so goes the state. And you say to me, well, kind of Bloomington's insulated, right? We're, we're, we're IU, we're, 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 we, we, we don't. We don't have these things to worry about. Your problems are not our problems. Uh, They're all our problems when you take graduates from IU and they're like, I don't want to stick around Indiana. I'm not going to live in Bloomington. Fort Wayne uh, isn't isn't big enough. And Indianapolis is a violent mess. I'm going to Nashville. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, it's all our problems. It's a massive problem, the failures in Indianapolis. It's a massive problems, the f- problem, the failures of Joe Hogsett, who after eight years has made the city a far worse place to live and to be, to exist, to visit, to share experiences in. It is more dangerous because of Joe Hogsett. No public safety director. He'll be his own public safety director. Oh, he was a prosecutor. Oh, he, he knows how to deal with this. The city is far worse because of his progressive policies. And we should be clear that he surrounded himself with children. And he has allowed these children now to take part in major parts of the city. Taylor Schaefer was his deputy. And now she's going to run downtown Indy. She can't. She can't. I'm not even saying she's a bad person. I've only met her once. She was nice enough. It was years ago. She can't run this. She has no experience to run this. What are we talking about? Well, the mayor wants her there. So bloop, there she goes. So we get more of the mayor's non-policies that have allowed a city to be destroyed, and we say, let's now spread the people who actually supported those policies. You're going to let the guy who was his, his chief, Thomas Carl Cook, who takes pictures giving you the finger. He hates you. He thinks you're a bunch of suckers and chumps. And he's proud of it. Oh, he's so proud of it. And and you're going to let him continue to work with uh, Mayor Hogsett to continue to hurt the city. This is going to be the plan of Marion County after eight years? Well, it wasn't our plan. We really wanted to do something about the murder rate. But then he wrote an op-ed, did Mayor Hogsett about abortion. And well, we have to vote for Democrats now because my abortion. Now, the question before us is, well, can the people of Marion County actually be swayed with this argument? Because this is the second time abortion has uh, come up in the uh, mayoral race in Indianapolis. The Indiana Democrats want to talk about the Republican Jefferson Shreve and his position on abortion. Abortion's the subject? First, let's be clear that the uh, Democrats of Indiana want to kill your kid uh, in the womb or outside the womb. They don't care. Is that, is that too harsh? It was too much? They absolutely want unfettered access to abortion. And we have over 200 murders a year in Indianapolis, and they don't care at all. The Indianapolis City County Council, which is lousy with Democrats, they'll sloganeer on the streets. They will paint out Black Lives Matter, but they don't actually care what actually happens to black lives. So they're just a bunch of frauds in that case. Where, where is the actual doing? which would be demanding more of the mayor and more of public safety. The hundreds and hundreds of police officers that we are down in Indianapolis, according to the latest from Jefferson Shreve, Republican running for mayor, the the department, the IMPD, is down 322 officers under Joe Hogsett. 
According to Rick Snyder, who's the president of the Fraternal Order of Police, 115 officers, more, have left so far this year. And many others are planning to leave for other police departments. Well, who in the world would want to work in Indianapolis where IMPD knows that they are not supported by the leadership? Where there is no real push in order to allow them to do the job and engage safety. But it isn't just hiring more police officers. It is about a recognition. It is about a recognition of where the violence comes from. It is about a discussion of things that are cultural, that might be seen as uncomfortable. And allow me to state that Mayor Joe Hogsett is too much of a bigot in order to engage those conversations. Instead of discussing what is happening in Indianapolis with specific groups in specific areas, he would rather say nothing because he has no respect for those people. Said differently and with more clarity. If you have a large amount of black-on-black crime, Joe Hogshead is unwilling to go to pastors and unwilling to go to families and ask what is happening in these neighborhoods that has kids thinking and young adults thinking that the only way to deal with their problem is to shoot the other person. And he won't do that because if he does that, he's afraid he'll be seen as a racist. He refuses to therefore be honest with people because of the color of their skin, and that is bigotry. You need leadership that will honestly address the situation. The Reverend Charles Harrison addresses situations. Oh, he's black, it's okay? What a weird take that is. Again, more bigotry, which people who support Joe Hogsett are all about. So instead of doing that, and instead of engaging culturally, why is it that people feel the need to respond to every slight with a gun, with harming another person as opposed to letting something go, or finding another way to deal with the the quote-unquote disrespect? Disrespect. Dear Lord, every time I have to sit through some corporate nonsense about pronouns, it's disrespect. Just saying. Every time you have to sit there and listen to some HR person talk about harassment this and pronouns that and gender this, it's disrespect. You don't get to respond with a firearm, you freak. You shouldn't want to. You should not want that. You should be asking yourself, how do we avoid that? How do we change that? Why do we see that culturally and how do we stop it? Those are hard questions asked by grown men and women who demand answers because there has to be a better way. When I say grown men and women, we clearly mean not Joe Hogsett, the mayor of Indianapolis, because he won't address that. No, what he says is, well, the answer is a gun ban. You can't get away with a gun ban in Indianapolis. It's just not going to happen. He doesn't care because doing something about the problem is not what he's about. He's about sloganeering. Just like the city of Indianapolis draws Black Lives Matter on the streets, he sloganeers by saying, we need to eliminate rifles and we have to raise the age to purchase a firearm to 21. And my gosh, we need carry permits. You see, constitutional carry is why the, the murder rate is up. No, it's not. That's a lie. And the people saying that are despicable, worthless liars and frauds. Don't buy into it. But being honest is not what Joe Hogsett is about. Being forthright is not what he's about. We can't even find out where he was for two nights of riots. There is a a, a guy, I don't I don't think I know him personally, although we I mean we may have met Robert Evans. 
And Robert Evans keeps writing me that he's trying to get the Hogshead administration through, I think it's through a FOIA request, to answer the questions of where was he? Where was Joe Hogshead for two nights of riots? And like, they won't answer his questions. Now, he might not, Robert may not be the only person uh, engaged in these questions, right? Engaged in, in these FOIA requests. They won't answer. The Hogshead administration will not answer where Joe Hogshead was for two nights of riots. He wasn't there in his office. He wasn't at a command center. They tell me he was at home. Well, how many computers did he have set up? How many television monitors? How many phone calls did he make? Can we see those records? They don't answer the question. And the so-called journalists of Indianapolis don't ask. And I know this because the indie star is willing to put up his op-ed about abortion restrictions. But they don't ask him, where were you for two nights of riots when two people were murdered? When, the, when downtown was set on fire. They don't ask. They don't ask. They don't care. It doesn't matter. As long as Democrats are in charge, everything will be okay. Thank goodness we'll have another slogan on the streets, and maybe we'll have more talk about pronouns, because that's really what's going to make the difference. The capital city is screwed. Only if Marion County residents are willing to allow themselves to be screwed by Joe Hogsett. A guy who wants to talk about abortion and not talk about your kid's life. Not talk about your life. Not talk about your safety. Not talk about a vision. Not talk about jobs. Not talk about cleanliness. Not talk about the retention of top talent in the state of Indiana from Bloomington and from West Lafayette and from Muncie. Won't talk about that. That's too hard won't talk about what culturally is moving people to engage in violence. That's too hard. Won't talk about why people leave the city and haven't come back downtown. That's too hard. Instead, let's talk about abortion. And everyone will say, my gosh, we have to support this Democrat because of abortion, because abortion is religion. And without discussing abortion and abortion rights, we've got nothing. Your kids are under threat every single day. Your family's livelihood is under threat every single day from progressive left policies. There's not a vision in Indianapolis. And the only reason Indy sees any level of growth is because of what the state does. And that's because of Republican rule. These are the facts. No business has come to Indianapolis because Joe Hogsett made the difference. The only thing Joe Hogshead has done is made your children more unsafe. And instead of talking about safety and security, he's talking about abortion. Marion County, Joe Hogshead doesn't give a damn about you. He hates you. He thinks you're a blanking fool, and he figures if he says abortion, you'll come running to the Democratic Party because his view and the Democratic Party of Indiana's view is that you only have one subject. Are you going to prove them right? Yes or no? Look, if you ask if Jefferson Shreve has screwed up his campaign, you better believe he has. And should he fire some advisors? Absolutely he should. But there's still three months to go. He can turn this around and actually start moving a message. And I believe he should. But take a look at the message that the incumbent for eight years is moving. Not his accomplishments, Not his vision for the future, not safety or security. 
His movement, the message he is moving is Nancy Pelosi's message about abortion. That's what he thinks will win him Marion County. And if it does, well, then Marion County deserves what it gets. And Indiana should start really rethinking where its capital needs to be, where its focus needs to be, because if Indianapolis is going to give up and the civic leaders are going to give up on Indianapolis, the voters are going to give up on Indianapolis, well, then, my God, what's our plan? Let's talk vision. Something Joe Hogsett doesn't have. And he's hoping that the voters of Marion County don't have either. I'm Tony Katz. I get it. Paige Spiranak is attractive. Or at least Paige Spiranak is really willing to take a very large chest and put it directly in your face. I don't know. Maybe that's what's attractive. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. I want to know why it is I see articles about her all the time. Are you telling me there's nobody else who's super hot who's playing golf? Well, no longer playing golf? Why her? Why is she the golf influencer of choice? This is the the, the headline from Fox Sports. Paige Spiranak reveals the science to a better golf score. I shoot lower the less I wear. Um... Um, sure, sure. Why didn't that work for John Daly? I don't know. Maybe it's just nonsense. Why do we deal with nonsense like this? It's, it's not, it doesn't even make any sense anymore. Finding somebody who plays golf, who takes their clothes off is, is a dime a dozen. If I were to look up Instagram, hold on, Instagram golf influencer uh how many how many uh naked people could i find oh okay i that was easy that was easy uh right there um okay there's there's the mini skirt there's the tight golf uh uh like yoga pants oh there's a dude oh nope 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 that's a down the shirt shot of page uh right there elise lob zingle I have no idea who she is. I I don't know who that is. The internet is lousy with... Oh, there's Greg Norman. No, it doesn't count. Greg Norman actually won a tournament or two. More than a tournament or two. It's weird. It's weird. Look, I am not even arguing that these people don't know something about golf. I'm not arguing that there isn't something you can learn. They know more about golf than I do. I concede that every quote-unquote golf influencer knows more about golf than I do. I'm simply stating that what they're influencing isn't your golf score, right? What they're influencing is not your golf club. What? What? That's it. They're influencing a completely different crooked stick. It's, do you think I think I got my point across? No. Yes. But this is what this is what get gets you the clicks. This is what gets people to to check out your site. Man, I gotta rethink my marketing. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.
which is what Trump's attorneys are saying. And they're also saying that he was just exercising his First Amendment right here. Do you think that's a valid argument in your view? No, I really don't think that's a valid argument. Because, you know, as the indictment says, you know, he, he, they're, they're not attacking his First Amendment right. Uh, he can say whatever he wants. He can even lie. He can even tell people that uh, that uh, the the election was was stolen when he when he knew better. But uh, that does not protect you from entering into a conspiracy. All conspiracies involve speech, and all fraud involves speech. So, uh, you know, free speech doesn't give you the right to engage in a fraudulent conspiracy. So says former Attorney General William Barr. But I think William Barr is off base. The idea that President Trump engaged in a conspiracy is off base. Uh, The idea that, quote unquote, he knew better. What if he believed that the election was stolen? What if all of the, as uh, former Vice President Mike Pence put it, the crackpot lawyers told him the election was stolen? What if that's what he chose to believe or at least wanted to go down the avenue of? The idea that the indictment says you're entitled to free speech doesn't mean that the indictment actually says that Donald Trump was entitled to free speech. The indictment, I stand by my statement from yesterday. The indictment's surreal. The indictment is wrong. It's ridiculous nonsense. Believing that Donald Trump failed, believing that Donald Trump was wrong in how he dealt with January 6th, wrong with how he dealt with re-election, saying that, saying that, well, that's fine. Believing that's fine. Acting out on that is fine. Voting for somebody else is fine. Supporting somebody else is totally fine. Saying that it's criminal? Dude, you don't have it. And I, and I, I said yesterday that the people who are good with this uh, this indictment shouldn't be allowed to operate heavy machinery. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking by it. How could you possibly be okay with this thing? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, so good to be with you. 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. And understand there are people who are out of their heads. There are people on this indictment saying things like this. One of the people trying to hold that line is CNN law enforcement analyst and former D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer Michael Fanone. Michael Fanone, I'm so glad that you're here tonight. I've been wondering what you have been thinking about all this. What is going through your head tonight after this indictment came down? When I first learned about the indictment, um, I had a long conversation with a friend of mine, Ryan Riley, and uh, I told him how proud I felt uh, to be an American at that moment, Uh, much in the way that I did uh, when I learned that uh, our military had killed Osama bin Laden. Um, I just felt incredibly proud. These two um, seem comparable incredibly to you? proud to have been. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but the, why, why, are that, why that comparison <clears throat> in particular? I believe they're comparable. In what way? Absolutely. Uh, Osama bin Laden was a terrorist who committed a horrific act against American people uh, and against our republic. And I believe that Donald Trump is a terrorist who committed horrific acts against the American people. You can imagine that that is a very eyebrow-raising statement, to say the least, the notion of Osama bin Laden in a comparison to Donald Trump. 
First, let me say that I did edit that for time. There were a lot of gaps because of the the satellite connection. So I edited out some of the gaps, but I did not out edit out any of the content. Second, I at least give um, Coates credit there uh, on CNN for saying it is an eyebrow-raising statement. It's not eyebrow-raising. It's insane. And that should be the end of this guy's contract with CNN. Statements like that? Trump is comparable to Osama bin Laden? I mean, this this is full-on stupid at that moment. I don't care who he is. I don't care what he's done. Don't tell me about his awards or accolades or tough times. That's a dumb thing to say. It is insulting and pathetic and ridiculous. And I'm a guy who don't like the way, who don't like, well, look at me, who doesn't like the way Trump acted on January 6th. I don't like the way he handled uh, a post-election. I don't like the way he handled January 6th. I still am bothered that he didn't get Vice President Pence out of there. I don't care how angry he was at Pence. Who cares? I keep reminding people of this. They keep losing this in the translation. I don't work for Trump. I don't owe Trump anything. He works for me. He owes me. So does Biden. So does uh, the, the governor of Indiana. So does this one. So does that elected official. They work for me. I don't owe them crap on a stick. They owe me. And I expect the job to be done even when they don't want to do the job. And when the vice president is in danger, you throw everything at it to make sure he's not. And if you don't, you failed your job. I have often said that if the if, if the House uh, on the impeachment conversation had gone after him for dereliction of duty, I think they could have gotten Trump removed from office. I believe the Senate could have made that switch, but they didn't because they don't know how to control their own emotions. Even all of that given doesn't make me down for this indictment. And certainly the idea that someone would compare Trump to Osama bin Laden, that guy's a loser. That's pathetic. Don't tell me about how he served his country. It's just a dumb thing to say. It's not true. People are insane on the subject of Trump. But when it comes to the indictment and the legal part of the indictment, we should be clear that this is a stretch. This indictment is an incredible stretch of the rule of law. It's an incredible stretch to say that what Trump said or Trump's beliefs were indeed criminal and part of a conspiracy. Jonathan Turley has engaged this conversation, I think, very, very well. Turley asking or or, 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 or stating uh, that indicting Trump for, quote, knowingly false statements, unquote, about the election sets the U.S. on a dangerous path. Jonathan Turley, of course, uh, with Fox News. He's a contributor to USA Today, Georgetown Law Professor. Prosecutors will seek to criminalize false political claims. To bag Trump, they will have to bulldoze through the First Amendment and a line of Supreme Court cases. This is accurate. Even some of the cases that have been noted by, let's say, Noah Rothman, who I have on the show uh, regularly, and I think Noah Rothman's a brain. He, uh, writing in uh, the Na- in National Review, because the editors there came out to say this indictment is crazy town. And he... Um, 
put out a a a basically an op-ed saying, yeah, I disagree with the editors. I think that this is very important because January 6th was a crime. He's dissenting from the editorial. And to do so, he references a couple of Supreme Court uh, cases, Haas versus Henkel, uh, uh, for for one of them, for, for one of the cases. Um, that he believes that Haas versus Henkel, 1910, could include any a conspiracy which is calculated to obstruct or impair its efficiency and destroy the value of its operation reports as fair, impartial, and reasonably accurate. He then goes on to quote Chief Justice William Howard Taft in a, uh, in a case called Hammerschmidt versus the United States, quote, it is not necessary that the government shall be subjected to property or, or pecuniary loss by the fraud, but only that its legitimate official action and purpose shall be defeated by misrepresentation, chicane, or the overreaching of those charged with carrying out the governmental intention. Noah Rothman, in his uh, dissent there, is trying to make the argument that the very concept of fraud is actually an easy uh, threshold to overcome. I don't believe that to be true. I believe that one could argue you feel that about Trump. Provability is a fundamentally different thing, which is why I have descri- described this indictment as nothing more than a do-over attempt by the political left because they couldn't get impeachment through now they're doing this it is a do-over attempt and it is if trump should be found guilty and by the way i think they're gonna throw trump in jail for this of course i disagree with it i think they're gonna throw him in jail for this it is to set the now the precedent that one cannot question the election result depending on the party in power because questioning the election result, if the party in power has full control, they can throw at you anything they wish to throw at you. They will jail you for anything. If they have control, they can utilize the DOJ as a weapon as opposed to an actual arbiter of justice. And I don't think that's the precedent one would want to set. I'm with Jonathan Turley in, in this situation. I am with the understanding that Jack Smith, the special counsel, has engaged these prosecutions before and has had them overturned by the Supreme Court. However, the overturning by the Supreme Court is an ipso facto conversation, right? After the fact. They're still going to go after Trump, and I believe they're going to throw Trump in jail. Oh, they shouldn't. Dude, he's not my guy. If he's the nominee, I'll vote for him. He's not my guy. He wasn't my guy in 2016. He was the nominee. I voted for him. Am I insane? I had him or I had Hillary. With Hillary, I had no chance of getting what I wanted. With Trump, I had a 50-50 shot. I was fully aware of who he was. I was never angry with the dude. I was just never enamored with the dude. I'm not an idol worshiper, as many people are. People who leave me messages, people who leave me emails. Idol worship. It's weird. Stop it. But, you know, I don't, not that you're going to listen to me because I'm not the idol you're worshiping. I voted for him in 2016. It was Trump or Joe Biden. The four years of Trump policy-wise gave me good things, gave the country good things. And certainly uh, going after him via impeachment for a phone call with Ukraine was a pretty radical position considering how corrupt Joe Biden is and Hunter Biden is and their dealings with Ukraine. 
It's corruption. Remember this, the Biden crime family and this idea of bribes and who was in on the phone calls and the fact that Biden now was there for the phone calls, proving that the White House has lied for years. This is a bigger scandal than anything Donald Trump has done. I will take that fight to the streets. The Biden crime family is a bigger scandal. Always has been. I've got it on social media. I say it here. I tell my kids. Because it is. Because it is. So I'm not with Bill Barr in the idea that that um, this this indictment has has value or has legs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because all that matters is you can get a jury to buy into it. This brings us to Andrew Weissman, who served with Robert Mueller. This was him on MSNBC. My my big take home from this indictment was this is not going to be about the facts or the law. Um, I remember a judge in the District of Columbia saying the courts are where the facts and laws still matter. And here, obviously, the government has to prove it. It has to be proved beyond a reasonable doubt unanimously. This is going to be a test of us and how we're reacting um, and whether we care about the facts and the law. He's stating quite clearly where the jury is going to be. They won't care about the law. They'll care about their feelings. They'll care emotionally that they're doing the right thing. And that's what makes me say Trump's going to jail. Which then led me to the conversation that has created for some uh, uh, uproar. I don't think it's uproar. I think it's honest. Honest is everything in my view. What does one do in the general election? If you believe that Trump can win a general with all of this on top of him, all right, you're going to keep voting for Trump. But do we believe Trump can win a general? Well, Tony, if you don't vote for him, you're saying that they can get away with this stuff. I'm not saying they can get away with this stuff. I'm saying that they're getting away with this stuff. That's what I'm saying. The only way to stop them is to elect a president, control the Senate, and then put an end to this stuff. Put an end to it. It's just like with the elections. Well, elections don't matter because they're all rigged. Well, what do you want me to do? Just want me to sit here? That's what you're saying. It's, it's the most inane position ever. You have to ballot cure. You have to ballot harvest. You have to do absentee ballots and mail-in ballots. Then you have to win. Then you have to change the whole system to actually protect voting. I don't know what other option you think you have. Unless somebody's thinking about doing something that I don't condone and I'm not about to engage that. Rational people look at the whole field and tactically ask themselves, what's the plan? Is the plan Trump, who's well ahead in the primaries, don't get me wrong, I haven't seen anything yet that would show me that this indictment changes that. And do you believe that being ahead in the primaries for the Republicans means that you can win a general? Or do you believe that all this pylon and these despicable indictments have an effect, meaning Trump can't win a general, and what do you want to do about that? It's about tactics. And this upsets a lot of people. Oh, I've gotten emails and phone calls. Be upset. I'm not telling you not to be. You can call me any name you want. Call me a traitor. Uh, You're not willing. You're not tough enough. Sure. Great. Terrific. I want to win. What's happening to Trump is terrible. I want to win. 
I'm dealing with reality and asking the questions that matter. There are plenty of guys on radio who will tell you anything you want to hear. I'm asking the question that matters. I'm asking about winning and how we do it. Tactics and strategy. And I'm going to keep asking. Don't ever ask me if I think this uh, indictment is worthwhile. This indictment's disgusting. Don't confuse the issues. The indictments are disgusting. The reality is I need to win and so do you. I'm Tony Katz. One other thing, because I think it's worth remembering. The border, light bulbs, gas stoves, gas water heaters, gas furnaces, Ukraine. I'm not losing sight of any of it. The economy, the downgrade from Fitch, and to hear the people on MSNBC say, ah, it's no big deal. No big deal that it's going to cost more to borrow money. The credit crunch that we're experiencing, I'm not going to stop talking about it. If the left believes that we are not going to notice the issues affecting the country because they just want to talk about Trump and indictment, they're out of their heads. But Trump gets indicted today. Or I should say Trump gets arraigned today. And so that's why it's so much of a story today. But it cannot allow us to lose focus of all the things that matter to us when elections come and how the country is run. We can't allow that. They want us to forget. We're not doing it. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.